0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Minds on Mental Health Podcast. My name's Andy Dean. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. And today, I'll once again be speaking with Jamie Winters. Jamie is also a licensed clinical social worker, as well as a senior primary therapist at Penn Medicine, Princeton House Behavioral Health outpatient program in North Brunswick, New Jersey. Today, Jamie and I will be discussing how caretakers can help support seniors' mental health during the pandemic as well as what seniors can do to support their own mental health during this time. So I hope you guys find it helpful and enjoy the podcast. You know, Jamie, I was really hoping that at this point we wouldn't have to be talking about COVID anymore, but that's just not the case. So I was hoping that maybe we could talk a little bit about how we could best support our seniors during COVID. I guess, what have you found that, that the struggles have been with this population, specifically during this time?
1: So I think one of the major differences that seniors face with COVID than kind of the vast majority is that they didn't have an opportunity to really get like technologically familiarized, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, I think we went from being connected and we could be connected just face to face driving in the car, you know, talking on the phone to now we can't see anybody Insert that they are already a higher risk population medically. Now they're by themselves. Typically And, you know, maybe they have a computer, maybe they have a smartphone, maybe they have an iPad, and they're trying to figure out how to do any, like, doctor visits via FaceTime and FaceTiming their friends and, you know, maybe figuring out YouTube, like, I think they they just struggled with staying connected which we talked earlier about how important that is especially in retirement Mm -hmm. and you take away that you know that face-to-face interaction and now we have to do it technologically i think that just really threw a whole generation into kind of a whirlwind
0: yeah i totally agree and um you know, you're taking a scary situation, which is COVID. And in this population, it's the most deadly and the most scary. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's like an additional layer of fear. But then also sort of this shift that everyone made to continue to communicate and to continue to have a somewhat normal uh, social life. That's, 10 times harder for seniors than it is for people who grew up with computers and grew up with smartphones. And it's, um, you know, it's more intuitive for those people. Um, but to just, you know, I am lucky enough that I can just sort of take for granted. If I need to get a, if I need to have a teledoc appointment on my computer, it's going to take me less than 30 seconds to figure out how to make that happen. Right. For seniors, that probably isn't the case or for, I shouldn't say for seniors, but for many seniors, that probably isn't the case.
1: Yeah. And I think the the fear is there as well. And then you take away such an important coping skill like socializing and spending time with your friends and going out. You take that away from them. And now the fears are just amplified. And we were talking about You know, not watching the news. Yeah. And if that's the way they're getting mentally stimulated and staying connected, what was on the news during the heights of COVID? It will, you know, it was just inundated with how many people were sick and how awful things were. So it, it created a lot of fear. And when you throw in a lot of fear and anxiety, to somebody having to learn something new like technology, it just doesn't really help the situation further. Then they'll get more kind of confused and flustered and just feel very overwhelmed in a very short period of time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I mean, a lot of the big struggles is the, the fear and the isolation. I think right there are some like the two biggest struggles that seniors are facing. And I can't stress it enough, you know, while seniors have the time and they're stuck at home, play around with the technology, figure out your phones, figure out the FaceTime, figure out your iPads or your computers, you know, call, call somebody on the phone and have them walk you through, you know, how to FaceTime or how to do this or that. Mm -hmm. I think it's, such a vital importance that, unfortunately, now I think is going to be kind of the wave of the future. Yeah. Even without COVID, I think this is going to be very much still a part of our society, all this technology.
0: Yeah. So again, like we have this, this heightened sense of danger in this population and then there's also like this extra added frustration that the rest of the world seems to be relying more on this technology piece that maybe i'm not so used to or i'm not so comfortable with so then that almost makes you feel even more isolated
1: right exactly like you can't contact your friends regularly everyone's telling you that you need to get on technology if you want to stay connected and so it's like well is everybody able to do this? Am I the only one that's not able to do it? Yeah. And especially if you're having trouble being connected and we're all isolated and stuck in the house, like we said, idle hands, not good. Right. So, you know, it just leads to a lot of like internal thinking of like, what's going to happen. I'm scared. Like I can't, I don't have anyone to talk to. Mm -hmm. I'm so alone.
0: So I'm imagining that it, a big part of it is going to be to help them with te- the technology piece if you can.
1: Yes, and be as patient as possible. Not only for you as the person that's learning, as when we learn anything, you know, it takes time and it takes practice and it's going to take, you know, some clickings of the wrong button, but also as the person that's showing them, patience because if we think about even my generation, we had Game Boy and uh-huh. Nintendo. So we were a little bit more familiarized with how some technology could work. Right. You know, there's a button to go forward, there's a button to go back. This generation had no, very little technology. I mean, TV, not until they had well-established families you know, it's something to to remind yourself of how we think it's so second nature at this point in time. They don't have that idea. Most of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, if if they were in the workforce, you know, sometimes they have some general grasp of um, technology, but it's really important to be patient with when showing them like FaceTime and things like that. I know in group with the patients, we see a lot of ceilings and foreheads. (laughs) Uh
0: I guess when I'm thinking about this, the thing that's sticking out to me is just the emphasis that you're putting on the the patient's piece. Because I think there's a tendency in this population, uh, understandably so, to kind of throw your hands up and be like, you know what? I'm never going to get it. It's, you know, this is... This is just not going to happen for me um, when it comes to technology. And right now, it's sort of the most important time for them to be able to get it um, Mm -hmm. or for them to be able to learn how to use it, you know? So any hint, like if you are the child of, of someone who's older, who's trying to learn this stuff and you're trying to help them, any hint of like that judgment or that impatience or that, you know, that frustration, that's... In many cases they're probably not far from wanting to just give up on it anyway. So if there's any hint of that, I just feel like that can kind of push push them over the edge.
1: And I think a lot of times with the older adults in general, they tend to feel like they're a burden. You know, it and it has nothing to do with like what the family is saying or what they're doing. It's just kind of their own feelings that, you know, they feel like they're a burden a lot of times. So I'm not saying, you know, don't get frustrated because that's not humanly possible right, say right. the same sentence over and over again, reassuring them that, you know, I, I know I'm getting frustrated, but I'm here to support you. We'll figure this out together and kind of like reassuring them that you're there to help and that they're not a burden and that, you know, you're, You're going to stick with them. You may get frustrated, but it's just your own like trying to figure out the best way to help them. It's not you're getting frustrated at them. You're getting frustrated on you don't know how best to help show them.
0: Great. Yeah, no, it's a great distinction to make. Okay, so like I said, one piece is definitely going to be trying your best to help them with this technology side of things. What are some other things you think people can do to help support seniors during this time?
1: I think it's important for all of us to kind of especially seniors to check our fear because fear is such so fear is such like a driven factor right now Mm -hmm. in all of us like you know going outside of the house going grocery shopping being around other people so it's important I think to kind of like keep it in check so that we don't just hunker down and you know, completely be fear-driven. It's understandable, you know, we have medical ailments that can make us more susceptible and it's important to, you know, okay, so you wear a mask when you leave the house, you talk to your doctor, you can wear gloves, you disinfect, bring hand sanitizer, keep it in a manageable lens rather than like the worry lens where it just becomes a tornado of thoughts that Mm -hmm. become so overwhelming in your head, keep it in more of like a problem solution type of mentality. Like, okay, I'm nervous to go to the grocery store. Okay, sure. What's making you nervous? Okay, well, you know, I'm going to be around other people. Okay, well, can you go at a less busy time? Can you keep your distance from other people, you know, make sure you're wearing your mask, what if you wore gloves, what if you brought hand sanitizer or wipes with you. So you just want to take the worries and and make them more of like a tangible something that you can do rather than something that you just kind of like sit and stew over. You know, not letting the fear become this unmanageable kind of transformed beast you know keep it like you know in I don't want to say it freshly like in reality saying that like our fears aren't real and at the same time like our emotions can kind of distort the fears and make them a lion versus like it's actually like a kitty cat you know so I think that's important you know to, to keep it in check and to keep reminding yourself of what you're doing to help your situation rather than it just be being like out of control and out of your hands
0: so i guess the way that i'm kind of thinking about what you're saying is like it's okay to be cautious um and yes. you should be cautious but mm-hmm. you want to try to recognize when you're becoming paralyzed by fear and how that's also really not healthy
1: yes absolutely And I think, you know, with COVID, the same as what we were talking about with retirement, it's still important, even if we're stuck in the house, or, you know, we're forced to not be around other people, we still have to maintain the structure. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, I think we all kind of got into the habit of just laying on the couch. What's the point? Why, you know, are we cooking or... Are we just like having a bowl of cereal, you know, and it's still so important to have some kind of structure and life developed, even when we're having a pandemic, Yeah, you know, some kind of reason that we're getting up in the morning, making sure we're getting out of bed and we're not just laying in bed all day. You know, we're changing our clothes, we're taking a shower still, all that stuff that sounds silly is even more important. When we're stuck at home to help kind of combat that fear that we were talking about and helps combat the isolation because we're feel like, you know, we're engaging in life a little bit more.
0: No, I totally agree with that. And we did touch on this on our first pod in our first podcast about seniors. Um, Mm -hmm. But can you just explain one more time, just in case people who are listening to this didn't listen to the first one, like why that structure is so important for us?
1: Yeah. So when we don't have structure, we tend to sit and kind of overanalyze everything. We're not in the moment, we're living in the, the fears of the future, or the regrets mm. of the past. And, and that can make us feel like anxious or sad or guilty or, you know, have all those unpleasant emotions come on. So when we throw in structure, we're keeping our body busy which also keeps our mind busy so then we're staying more so in the moment and it makes us feel less anxious less intimidated you know we're having a purpose we're doing we're engaging and that and that makes us feel good and then our mind isn't as consumed also so it's more so in the activity that you're doing so it can't lay into like the fears that a lot of us were feeling with covid You know, and that I think a lot of us tended to overthink because we had nothing else to do but sit and watch the news and then interpret the news in our own mind and in our own emotions.
0: Yeah, and I think I remember you saying in the first podcast that idle hands are the devil's play thing. Yes. So essentially, if you're doing something, your mind is going to be focused on that. Like you said, it's not going to be focused on the fears of the future or what you say, the the what of the past,
1: the regrets of the past, the regrets
0: of the past. So, just finding things that you can do, because then your mind is going to be occupied. And also, I just want to also acknowledge that I think again in the senior population, this structure piece is more of a challenge with COVID because you know if you're younger and you're healthy and you're especially if you're vaccinated you're probably more willing to take some risks in terms of Mm -hmm. things you can do um, to have structure. But, you know, when you're a senior, again, you're you're a more at-risk population. So I think that there is sort of an added challenge there. But we have to also recognize that if we want to, to be mentally healthy, we have to find ways to build some structure. So do you have any ideas for like, maybe what you've been telling people in your group that they can do?
1: So I think one of the things kind of goes back to like our first point with like the technology, you know, I would definitely work to play around with it and figure out how you could get more familiar with it. Because maybe you can take like an online class or um, I had a woman a while ago who engaged in something called knit and nosh. So they would knit and like eat and like talk. So this was all virtual, virtually. So it was in person and then they moved to try and do it virtually. Uh Anything like that. You know, there's so many things that were in person that are now virtual and it's just kind of going out there. There's a service called meetup.com and I know it sounds like it's a dating app, but it isn't necessarily it could be, but it's also a great way to just meet up with other people And I'm sure that if you went on, there's a lot of virtual groups that are now expanding. Also, I had a younger client who would meet up for like an anxiety group or a hiking gathering. Now, so many things are virtual. I'm sure if you clicked on like a virtual crochet class, somebody's doing that a virtual movie watching group and you all sit around and watch the movie in your respective homes. And then you talk about it. Like I'm sure that's going on virtual book clubs, start exploring, click on it, discover what Google is. Like I think it's so important just to play around and see what happens. You so know, especially I'm,
0: I'm going to play devil's advocate for okay. a second. You ready? Yes. So, what if someone really can't? They just can't do anything virtually. What are some interesting thing that things that you've had people come up with in your group that they do, or things that you recommend?
1: Well, just to play devil's advocate, before I answer the question, I refuse <laughs> uh, to believe someone really, really can't. That's true. You know, I think that there's just something that that's like not connecting there with the technology, but I think that you're capable of doing it. And, you know, I would say then maybe trying to figure out how to get yourself back into society a little bit more to your comfort level. You know, is there a way that you can walk with your friends and be social distanced? Can you go for a walk and call your friends at the same time and it's like you're walking with them but you're yeah. walking and talking to them on the phone you know can you go go out to a diner and sit at the bar separated from other people and, or outside there's so much outside dining now. Right. Um, going to a park and just sitting and like watching people It's so important to either learn technology, or working to reintegrate yourself into society. You know, I think both things need to happen in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, it's also important to talk to your doctor about how to reintegrate. Can you? Mm-hmm. If, if you feel uncomfortable, talk to your doctor. Maybe they can give you some suggestions. You know, I think, again, it's so important that we start trying to figure out how to reintegrate into this new life that I unfortunately don't think is going away anytime soon. Yeah. Especially the virtual component. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, when I hear people say that they can't, it really makes me think like, is it that you can't or that you are refusing to learn? Right. So keep an open mind. It's scary. It's going to take some trial and error. But I think that it's not going away.
0: Okay. Do you have any other things you would recommend in terms of how we can support seniors right now?
1: Also kind of acknowledging their fears. Each person has a different level to which they they have concerns about the virus and the deltas and everything that's going on. And I think it's just acknowledging, like, I understand, you know, how you're feeling and how can I support you? Like, what do you need? sometimes we're jump we're quick to jump and solve the the riddle that they give us for them and maybe it's just kind of asking them what do they need to feel supported right now you know while they're figuring it out for themselves too
0: yeah I agree and you know what and maybe we can cover this on another podcast or something but I feel like oftentimes people have a tendency more so to do that with this population just kind of placate them in a way instead of validating the way that they're feeling you know saying like ah don't worry ma everything's gonna be all right you know even though sometimes it may not be true and also may not be very helpful you know so instead saying you know are you scared because i'm a little scared myself or, or something like that but you know we're gonna try to get through it
1: Right, saying, like, I don't know if everything's going to be all right. And we're working through it together. You know, we'll figure this out. I'm here for you.
0: All right, Jamie, is there anything else you want to hit on before I let you go?
1: No, I think I made all the points that I wanted to make.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.